Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. series that we're ending actually tonight is called the Christmas Playlist, and we've been talking about some of our favorite Christmas songs. And so before I tell you the name of the song we're going to talk about tonight, would you agree with me that this year has been pretty crazy? Everybody agree with that? I mean, this has been pretty nuts. The whole year has been, I mean, like we went through the pandemic, and then we had a a very... uh, tough election period, and, and I was looking for it. I said, you know what, hey, in November, whew, no, more tele- no more ads. And look what happened to Georgia, right? I mean, we're stuck with it again. And so you do need to vote, but, man, I'm so tired of, uh, like, all these ads. I'm like, wow. But uh, it's been crazy. And so I just wanted to uh, say that this year has been sort of nuts. And so there's a song that I want to talk to you about tonight that I think is fitting for the season in which we're in on this Christmas Eve and that song is, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I'd like to give you a little history of that song. It was written between the 8th and the 12th century. In other words, that song is older than me. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yep, I didn't think I'd ever get to that point in my life, but it, it is. And it's old. And, and so but what the, how they did this, it was pretty interesting to me as I studied this, is that the way they would write songs back in that era, some churches would have... They would sing the word, the letter O. They would just sing O, and then somebody would read a scripture. And then they would just sing that song, O, that uh, word O, and then they would go O, and then they would begin to make a song out of it. And so by doing that, that's how they come up with this song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I scared some of you, thought I was going to sing it, didn't you? He's like, oh, no, you would have left if I would have sang that, right? You're like, oh, this is done. I'm done today. But, uh, but that's how it come about. And what it means is Emmanuel simply means God with us, God with us. And there's something that I want you to get today. You know, I pray that you will carry this with you the rest of your life because it will carry you if you can get this. And I thought about, you know, tonight, what can I say? What can I say that will help you the rest of your life? And this is a statement that's coming up on the screen, and it says this. Let's read it together. You ready? God is, God was, and God will always be Who will God be with? Who will God be with? God is and God was and God always will be with me and with you. And if you can understand that tonight, if you can lean into that, and I hope by the time that we're done today that you're leaning into it and you will take it home with you and that you will have a Merry Christmas. So, um, As we begin to talk about this, again, the story in Matthew opens up with the angel coming to Joseph. And he's talking to Joseph. And listen, Joseph has a right to be a little aggravated because Joseph has found out that he's been dating this uh, lady, this girl, Mary, and for like like a year or so. And he has had hands off relationships, everybody. I mean, like, he's like, I haven't touched the girl. And then all of a sudden, she comes up to him and says, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. Well, 
I think that he's got a right to be a little aggravated, don't you? I mean, like, no, 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 no. I've been, I've been wanting to, but I haven't. <laughs> and now you come and there's somebody else. Oh, no, you are out of here. Okay, you guys got to get real here tonight, all right? You're scaring me a little bit. Like, yes, this is not fantasy land. It happened. And so Joseph is thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put her away. I'm going to get rid of her. And, and he goes to bed thinking those kind of thoughts mad. But the angel comes to him at night while he's sleeping. And this is what the angel says to Joseph. He says, talking about Mary, he says, you will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name who? Jesus, that's right, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, what what he's saying there is that God has said this to a man by the name of Isaiah, and it's recorded in the Bible. It's recorded in Isaiah 7 and 14. I'm going to read it to you, what was recorded in Isaiah, and it says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Okay, this is a sign that, that, the, that the Messiah is coming, the Savior is coming. This is a sign. Look at it. The sign is this. The virgin, that means can't be with anybody, will be with the child and will give birth to a son and, and will call him what? Emmanuel. See that? The sign. He said, the sign's going to be that there's going to be a young girl that's never been with a man, and all of a sudden she's going to have a child, which is a miracle of all miracles, right? And that's it. And Joseph just had to be the recipient of that. It's his girlfriend. Okay, I don't freak you out like it does me. It just freaks me out. I'm like, go Joseph. So the angel's telling Joseph that. And so look what happens here. So in other words, let me tell you this. That prophecy happened 740 years before it happened. God said it was going to happen 740 years. Just think of all the centuries that come, 740 years, and then it happens. And and it's recorded here. The angel says, the virgin will give birth to a child. Here it is. The virgin will be, will, uh, be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. God is with us. This was earth shattering. It was earth shattering because... The thought of God being with people was crazy. It was like people were scared of God. I mean, like, if you read the Old Testament, people made God mad. And when they made God mad, they didn't live. I mean, God would open up the earth and swallow 15,000 people in one account. It's like people were scared to death of God. When God come to Moses, great Moses who parted the sea, you know, when God, when, when God come to Moses, Moses was scared to look at God. He had to cover his face. When people, listen, like, once a year, there would be a high priest that would go to the church and he would make a sacrifice for all the people, the nation of Israel. Listen, if he went into God's presence and anything was wrong in his life, he died. And so they actually had little bells on the, bow, on the bottom of his robe. So they know that if he's moving around, he's still alive. And they tied a rope around his waist and they said, this rope is just in case, just in case you did something wrong and you die. And there were some of those that they pulled out because they died. People were freaked out about God. But now, here he is. You ever wonder why God had to come as a baby? Because if God had come as any, any, any other age, people would have been freaked out. But he comes as a baby so that people could see him and hold him and love him and watch the gentleness of his side. That's what Jesus come. Jesus come to show us what God was really like. And, and you know... The wonder of his glory. Jesus, again, took all the glory off and come to this earth as one of us. 
so that he could relate to us and we could relate to him. That's why the wise men, when they come, they bowed down before him and because they were like, it is, it's the Messiah. It is God in the flesh. And then the shepherds, when they come from the fields and they come in and, and they saw him, they went away worshiping, praising God. Why? Because they saw him for who he was. Now, there's something about Christmas we just got to go ahead and just face up to right now, and that is this, is that Christmas is the great magnifier. Would you agree with that? When things are good, they are good, right? I mean, like, when things are going good in your world and it's Christmas, it's like, yes, it's Christmas, everybody. Woohoo! You remember that Christmas? You ever had one of those? Like, your favorite Christmas memory was one of those. It was like, wow, you know, you got the bicycle, you got the BB gun, you got the iPhone that you dreamed of. Hallelujah. Your parents were broke, but you got the iPhone. But if things are not going well, it's the great magnifier of that as well, that pain. And, you know, in 2020, there's been a lot of things that haven't gone so well. And many of us in this room are, are having pain because we've been, number one, distant. We can't go to a lot of our family members. We can't go to where they are. Some of you that are watching at home, you just can't go. And then there's some that's this distance because of relationship crisis that have happened. I mean, there's division there. There's divorce that's happening. All those kind of things are going on in our lives. And worst of all, there's a chair that will not be filled this year because someone is no longer with us. All of that happens, and Christmas seems to can magnify that kind of pain. And I just want to tell you today that whatever you're going through, that God is with you. I just want you to know that God is with you. You don't even understand, but God is with you. That's why the title of this message is one word. And I want you to remember the rest of your life. It's Emmanuel. Would you say that word with me? Let's say it. You ready? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I want to say three things about this. And I want you, I hope it gets ground deep into your heart. Here it is. The first one is Emmanuel is God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Now, we're going to go to Mary's side here. Now, the angel comes to Mary, so we're going to back up. And the main angel comes to Mary and begins to tell her that she's going to have a baby. Now, look what happens here. So the angel said, the angel went to her and said, greetings. Man, what a nice angel. He didn't just say, hey, Mary. He said, greetings. Okay, never mind. Some of you are going to wake up tonight laughing about that. Greetings, you are highly favored. Okay, that sounds good. And then notice this next part that we have underlined. Would you read this out loud? I mean, let's read it out loud, everybody. Come on, let's say it. You ready? The Lord is with you. It's amazing. The first thing the angel said to Mary, after he's like, greetings, you know, hello. And he said, you know what? You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The first thing before he told her what was going to happen, he said, you got to know the Lord is with you. You got to know that the Lord is with you. Why? Because he was going to tell her that she was going to have to do something very, very hard. And when you're going through a difficult time, you have to know that God is with you. Amen, everybody. God is with you. And he begins to tell her that God is with her. And then there's another verse that I, that I, that's one of my favorite verses, especially when I'm struggling. And I have it on the outline so that you can, you can record it yourself and you can keep it and pull it up. But it's Psalm 34 and 18. It says this, the Lord is is what? The Lord is what? The Lord is what? The Lord is close. The Lord is close 
to those who are brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. What does that mean, crushed in spirit? That means discouraged, down, disappointed, that God is close. That's what you have to understand. You know, and, and I meet people at all kinds of points in their life. There's all kinds of things that's going on in their life. And what I can assure them, there's some people that, that talk to me. And you know what? When some people can't curse God out, they try to get to the nearest thing to God. And sometimes they think I'm that person. And so they say some things to me like, whoa, wait a minute, man. Well, I just don't believe God. And beep, beep, beep. And they start cursing and saying, God, blah, blah, blah. And they're mad. And you know what's, what? Because of this verse, I, I can let them vent and say, listen. As mad as you are at God and as much as you sort of hate God right now because of all that's happening, because you felt like you could have stopped it, I want you to know that God is close to you even when you don't want him to be. Isn't that awesome about God? That even when you're mad, listen, you make somebody else mad. I'll tell you what, Rhonda makes me mad. I'm like, I ain't getting close to you. I'm getting over here. Matter of fact, if, you, if sometimes you could drive a semi right down the middle of our bed and not hit either one of us, we're like this. Oh, none of you've ever done that. No, you, oh, little angels out here. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like, uh-uh. You know, we've been that way before. We, when you get mad, you want to separate, but not God. I want you to know that. You can be as mad as you want to be at God, but he is close to the brokenhearted because he knows that your anger is a broken heart and it's a crushed spirit. Amen? And God is with you. He's close to you. You know, years ago when... Uh, my son was very small, like he was like three or four years old. That's when Burger King and McDonald's come out with all these playgrounds inside their building. It was wonderful. It was a cheap trip. Amen. It was wonderful. They thought, he thought we was going to Disney World and we was just going to McDonald's. It's hallelujah. It was great. And we could go and get a Big Mac, you know, and he could get a Happy Meal. And, and, and so we would do that and he would eat. And then he would look inside that glass and I would say, listen, when you eat all of those nuggets, you can go over there and your mom's going to be happy. And so it was great. And so he would, I would bribe and he would eat all of his nuggets and we would go over there and we'd get in that playground area and he'd see all those kids playing and he'd run up to it and like he was going to go up and then he'd stop and step back. Because my son was very shy. He, would, he wouldn't do it. And so finally I was like, listen, no, Tyler, you can go now. It's okay. You can go. And we had his shoes off. I was like, go. He wouldn't go. He would run over, back up, run over, back up. He was scared. And so finally I was like, you know what? I walked over there and I said, son, you can, you can go. Come on, I'll stand right here. And he'd go over and that wasn't good enough. So finally I took my shoes off. Took my shoes off right there in front of God and everybody. And I could hear Rhonda. You know, Rhonda, again, she's an introverted person. She don't want to bring any attention to herself. I know you see her here going, ah. You think she's outgoing. No, she's not. And, man, I could hear her say in this tone not to draw attention to herself, but to get my attention and say, Jeff, what are you doing? And like, I just ignored her. She said it so low, like I didn't have to admit, like, you know, I heard her. And so I, I pulled my shoes off. I said, come on, son. 
And I started going up that thing with him. I mean, we were snaking up this little thing that you shouldn't do. And I know you shouldn't, but it was my son. And, and he wanted to go. And he was scared to go by himself. And so, so we would go up a little higher. And he would, he would get scared as we'd go up higher. I said, son, it's okay. I'm with you. Your dad's with you. It's okay. And we'd go up a little bit higher. He'd get a little more scared. And he looked back at me. I said, son, it's okay. Your dad's with you. And your mom is like, oh, my God, what is he doing? An idiot up there. What is he doing? And so we would go, and we'd get to the top, and there's that tube, you know, that tube that you run through, and it turns. And so he was faster than me because he was little, and, and so he went into that tube so excited he forgot about his fear because his daddy was with him, and he went around the corner, and his daddy got stuck. <laughs> you know how embarrassing it is to call the fire department to McDonald's to get a man out of that tube? <laughs> we didn't do that. Just kidding. I would have to ask God to forgive me a thousand times if I didn't tell you the truth. We didn't have to do that, but it was close. When he ran around the corner and I couldn't go, he got scared again, but he peeped back around the corner and saw that I was there, and he was at peace. What I'm trying to tell you today is this, is that God will kick off his shoes to go wherever you are, and he will come and be with you no matter where you are. And that you will never, ever find yourself in a place that God will not come to you because you didn't go there without God. You thought that you went without God, but you didn't go without him because he was with you from the beginning. God is with you. God is with you. No matter what you're going through, God is with you. Amen, everybody. God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. God is with you. You know what? In everything, God is with you. If you're in the middle of a trial right now, God is with you. He is your comforter. If you're, if you're needing strength in your life, he is the strength that you need. If you're needing peace, he is the peace that you need because he is with you. God is with you. Let's come up on the screen. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Let's ready. Let's say it. God is, God was, and God will always be with me. Who will God be with? Me. Who? Me. Who? Me. That's right. He'll be with you. He will be with you. And I hope that you hear my voice screaming at you when you're going through something and you would say, God's with me. No matter what I feel, God is with me. The second thing is this, is God was with you. God was with you. Sometimes life Sometimes with God, we see him clearer in the rearview mirror than we do in the present. Would you agree with that? Would you ever look back over your life and say, no, that was God? Somebody said, how did you get Rhonda? I said, that was God. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> that was God. I'm just saying through your life. And there was a guy in the Bible. His name was Joseph. Not Joseph, Mary's husband in the Old Testament. His name was Joseph. And he was a dreamer. He was a young man. He had big dreams for his life. He's like, oh, you know, things are going to be great. And he told his brothers how one day he was going to rule the nation and how that, you know, they were going to work for him. And, and his brothers didn't like that because, you see, he was one of the younger brothers. And they thought he was a little punk. That's what they thought he was, you know. And so he just kept on saying, oh, I'm going to rule one day. And so they took him on a little hunting trip, his other brothers, and, and they found a hole in the ground. There was an old well that had been abandoned. And so they said, hey, Joseph, come and look in the well. And when he looked in the well, they went, poop, kicked him right in. He fell in the well. I mean, like he's down there. He can't get out. There's no way to get out. He can't climb out. They said, you're going to die here, you little punk. You're going to die. So, oh, Jeff, this is, this is Christmas. Chill out. Yes, I know. That's what they said. I mean, they were mad at him. 
And then finally, they started to leave him there to die. I mean, they were going to leave him there to die. And all of a sudden, they seen these people coming by, and they said, hey, you want to buy a little brother? <laughs> people have threatened to sell me before, right? I mean, like your parents have said, hey, you know what? I'm going to get rid of you. And he, they meant it. And they said, sure. And sure enough, they, they said, hey, Joseph, we're just kidding. Come on, we're going to get you out. And they got him out, and they sold him. They sold him, and they took him as a slave into Egypt. And, and Joseph was a slave in a man's house, and J Joseph had a man, was a man of integrity. He did, he did everything by the book. I mean, he was an upright kind of dude. But all of a sudden, someone falsely accused him of something that he didn't do, and he was thrown into prison for that. And so Joseph is saying, he's saying, God, where are you, right? Right, I mean, like, God, you give me these big dreams. You said I'm going to be this ruler. Where are you? I went, he went into a pit, and now, now he's thrown into prison. And, and so you go right into the middle of prison, and you ask the question, where was God? Where was God? He promised all this stuff to Joseph. Where is he? Well, I want to show you. Look what the Bible says. And in Genesis 39 and 21, it says this. But the Lord was where? Where was, where was the Lord? He was with Joseph. He was with Joseph in the pit, and he was with Joseph in the prison. Let me tell you something. And Joseph got out of prison, and guess what? He became second command in Egypt, the second in power in the whole world, and, and God used him to save a lot of people's lives. And let me tell you something. The pit and the prison was a passageway to the palace. <laughs> Did you see that? In other words, what you're going through is what I'm trying to tell you, is that God has a way of working that to your, to your good, and God is with you. He's always been with you. And you must never, ever forget that, that God's with you. I started thinking about over my life. When Rhonda and I first started as, as youth pastors in the ministry, like we, our first full-time job at a church working with teenagers, we was 22. And our pay, man, we, we got paid big money. We made $17,500 for the year. I mean, it was big money. And so, you know, needless to say, uh, we, we weren't, you know, we were doing, we were we'd done okay. But all of a sudden, she started expecting our son. We didn't have insurance. So we did what we thought was right. We went to the doctor's office before, you know, the first visit said, listen, we don't have insurance, so we want to go ahead and start making payments now. And you know what? So we had to pay the doctor before we, before we ever done the, you know, deliver the baby. And so we set up those payments. I remember those payments were like $300 a month. And again, so that was, a, you know, a quarter of our salary. And so we began to make those payments. And sure enough, she got to seven months. And it was like, okay, you know, we got to go make payments. We got to go set up with the hospital. And so we went over to the hospital and said, hey, we want to set up these payments because, you know, my wife's going to deliver. So we set up the payments and we started to make the payments there. But what I want to tell you is asking that whole time, God, where are you? God was with us. A miracle happened. And before we, before we made the second payment to the hospital, the, somewhat, the bill was paid in full. And, and it was paid in full. And not all that, they paid us back for everything we'd paid the doctor. God was with us when it seemed like he wasn't with us, everybody. When our church, when we had sold our other building and we had bought this property, well, we had to, we had to move out of that building in order to, to, you know, sell it so we could start this building. And so we had to go to a school, to go into school. And I was like, that's no problem. I heard of the hundreds of churches that had been in schools and many people I'd known in the Henry County schools. And I said, so we sold that building. I'm like, I went down, knocked on the door of the school that was close to the church and said, hey, 
we want to come and, uh, come and have church in your cafeteria. Are you cool with that? They're like, heck no. You're not coming in here. The rudest person I ever met in my life said no. And I said, well, hey, that's just that one. I went to another school. I said, hey, we want to come to your gym and just have church in here just for a short time while we build. No. I got rejected by everything. I mean, it's like, man, I was like, what are you, are you kidding me? And so one morning I was praying. I was like, God, you got to help me. You know, that's what I, when you don't know what to do, you pray, right? I mean, like it was one of those, like, God, you got to help me. And so I prayed and I, I saw in my mind this school. I thought, oh, God, no, I can't go there. I can't handle another rejection. So I went to the office that day and Pastor Chesley worked with us then. And I said, listen, I got I to gotta go talk to this, this principal of this school, but Chesney, I want you to go with me. So she met me there, and I said, you go in first. <laughs> I mean, let her be the sacrifice, right? I mean, you go in first. And, and so she went in, and, and if you don't know Pastor Chesney, she's real petite, you know, and, and she's real sweet and nice. And, and so she went in first. And I saw that she got in the door, and I went in the door, and I said, hey, we need to talk to somebody about having church. And I was getting ready for them to just scream at me because that's what had happened. They didn't scream at me. So I said, they said, go in this room. I said, Chester, you go first. <laughs> she went in there first, and, and we sat down at the table, and this guy come in, this assistant principal, and we told him what was going on. He said, come. And that was Stockbridge Middle School. He said, come, you can be here as long as you need to be. And we did. It was God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Listen. Christmas Eve, 1974, my brother died on Christmas Eve. He was eight years old. I was six. Every time that I go by the cemetery and I see a stone there, I wonder, how did my parents get through that? Christmas Eve. Every Christmas Eve, it's like that anniversary comes up. Every Christmas Eve. But I want to tell you that God was with my family. In that little town of asking, how can this boy be so healthy and nothing be wrong with him? I mean, like one day he's fine, and then two days later he's dead. How could that be? But what I want to tell you is this, is that God was there with my family, and he was there with me. Because what happened on Christmas Eve, 1974, was that God put eternity in my heart. I didn't give my life to Christ then, but I became aware of heaven, and it was real, and eternity was real. I want to tell you that God, when you're asking, where are you? God is with you. Amen, everybody? Again, we want to say this again. Look, it's coming up on the screen. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. God is, was, there we go. Can you see it behind me? All right, it didn't come up. All right, let's try it again. Let's try it. Here we go. Let's do it. You ready? God is, God was, and God always be with me. He'll always be with me. God will always be with me. The third thing I want to share with you is this, is that God will be with you. God will be with you. If you, you again, talking about how that you can see God better in the rearview mirror, as we read the, read the Christmas story, don't you want to be there beside Mary? I mean, don't you want to say, hey, Mary, listen, it's going to be all right. I mean, don't, don't you want to, when you read the Christmas story, because you're looking at what's already happened, and so you, you feel good. I mean, like tonight, we're celebrating what Mary, Mary was freaked out about. I mean, come and go with me. I want you to step back in time with me. 
Again, Mary is probably 15, 16 years of age. She's been dating Joseph. And the angel has come and said, you're going to have a baby. And she's like, well, I don't know if I had a bad dream or what. But, but, you know, I don't know about all this. And then all of a sudden, ladies, her body began to change. I mean, she started all of a sudden, like, in the morning when she got up, she didn't, she, all of a sudden, just looking at something to eat made her sick. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That's right. Not that I've experienced it, but I have lived with someone that has experienced it. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, you know, all of a sudden, I don't, I don't feel good in the morning right now. What's going on? And her body began to change, and, and, and all of a sudden, her stomach began to grow, and, and she couldn't hide it any longer. And she's like, I got to go tell Joseph, and, and going to tell Joseph is going to mean that he's probably going to leave me because, again, saying that God done this, he's not going to believe it, right? And so she goes, and she tells Joseph, and, and she's freaking out. But what you and I want to say to Mary when she's afraid of going to tell Joseph is that Mary, listen, God is going to be with you, Mary. Chill out. God's going to be with you, right? Isn't that what you want to say? Chill out, Mary. And so when Mary and Joseph, when they have to make that donkey ride, the donkey ride, man, I'm talking about, you talking about Uber, baby. That was an Uber. She showed up with a donkey, and she's got to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, a 90-mile ride, and she's nine months pregnant on the back of a donkey. And, and, and right then, she's freaking out, Joseph, I'm never going to be able to make it there, Joseph. And Joseph said, well, we got to go, Mary. And wouldn't you want to step in right there and say, hey, hey, time out, time out. You're going to make it. God's with you. Don't you want to say that? God's with you. And then as they, they get closer to, to Bethlehem, again, Mary's having pain. She's like, oh, Joseph, something's happening. It hurts so bad. And Joseph, it's got that donkey going as fast as it can go, right? And Mary's bouncing around on the donkey like, Joseph, it's, you're, you're going to make it come. They're both freaked out. It's their first baby. They don't know. And Joseph's like, yeah, it's God's baby. Let him take care of it. <laughs> you don't think Joseph said stuff like that. So finally, they get to Bethlehem, and they're like, okay, there's a place to have the baby. And they go, get a, go to get a room, and there's no room. And they said, listen, we don't have anything, and, and it's cold, and the baby, and Joseph, he's like, Joseph, something's happening. It's coming. And so Joseph takes the donkey into the stable, and as he takes it into the stable, he takes Mary off the stable, and right there in the middle of all the donkey dung, and, the, and the, the smell, the stench of all the animals. He lays her on the ground, and, and right there, she gives birth to a baby, and they're freaking out. Joseph is freaking out. Somebody help me. And he's asking, where is God? Where is God? And you and I want to say, Joseph, God is with you. Because we're looking back, right? And finally, Mary gives birth to that baby. Oh, and they realize that it is that he's something special. They really don't know how special yet. And then finally Mary sees him when he becomes an adult and they go to a wedding and they run out of wine and it's an embarrassment for the people. And Mary says, Jesus, just do something. And Jesus said, okay, just bring some water pots over here. And they brought him and he turned the water into wine. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mary's like, wow. But then Mary seen that crowd that so celebrated him turn on him. And they begin to beat him. Her son, her oldest son, they begin to beat him. 
and, and Mary's saying, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Where are you? And you and I want to say, hey, hold on, Mary. It's going to be all right because God is with you. And then they nailed him to the cross. And they put a crown of thorn on his head. And there he is bleeding and he's dying. And everybody's laughing and mocking. And Mary is crying and saying, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Where are you? And she watches him say, into your hands I commit my spirit. And his head drops. They put a spear in his side and, and he dies. And she can't go to the tomb. It's the Sabbath week and she can't go to the tomb. And so that first night she's wondering, God, where are you? Where are you, God? Where are you? And the second day, the longest day ever was that Saturday after Jesus had died. They put him in the tomb. And you and I would want to say, Mary, Mary, it's okay. It's okay. Because God is with you. Isn't that what we want to say, everybody? Hey, calm down, Mary. And then finally on that Sunday morning, she comes running to that tomb. The stone was rolled away, and he had risen. And guess what she realized, everybody? She realized he really is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And that's what I want you to know, that he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He, he is God with us. He's God with us. God is and God was and God always will be with us, right? He's with us. I'm going to share a passage of Scripture with you. There's a guy by the name of Paul who wrote this verse, and he wrote it for me and you. Look what he says. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? No. Shall hardship? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Shall nakedness? I hope not. Like, man, you had to put that in there. I guess that's when you don't have the clothes, no clothes for your back, right? I mean, that is bad. But God, no. He said, dangerous sword, no. He said, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angel nor demon, neither things present nor things in the future, nor any power, neither, neither height nor depth, anything. Notice that, anything, anything, anything in all Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. Your doubts can't separate you from the love of God. Your, what you don't understand cannot separate you from the love of God. Your fear cannot separate you from the love of God. Your, the thing that you're so embarrassed about that you think God don't like you because you did it cannot separate you from the love of God. What they did to you cannot separate you from the love of God. You cannot be separated from the love of God, everybody. He is Emmanuel. He's God with you. Amen. He's God with you. He's God with you. And if you leave with that tonight, that God is and God was and God always will be with you, with you. Jesus said in the last book of the Bible, Revelations, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord God who, was, who is and who was and who is to come. You know, that God, David, who wrote that Psalm, 23rd Psalm, where he said, the Lord is my shepherd. In that he said, you know, I will not be afraid. Why? Because I will not fear any evil because you are with me. God has been trying to say, I'm with you. Look at me just a second, everybody. I just want to tell you that God's with you. Even though he seems a million miles away, it feels like a Mary's going on. She had no idea, but God was with her. God's with you. The question that I have for you today is this. Are you with God? 
Are you with God? Are you with God? Are you, are you running from Him? Are you turning toward Him? Because that's all that matters. God can be right there with you, but if you ignore Him and you run from Him and you keep going from Him, then you'll never know it. But when you turn, you say, God, I want to be with you. It changes everything. At six years old, eternity was put in my heart, but I did not become a Christ follower and turn toward God till later in my life. And it's made the difference in my life. Would you just bow your heads with me? Everyone in the room, just close your eyes, bow your heads. This is personal. Listen, right now, on this Christmas Eve, those that are watching online and and in this room, I just want to ask you this question. Are you turning toward God? And do you want to turn toward God? Maybe you've been in this thing and maybe, you know, you are a Christ follower already, but you've been, you just sort of turned away from God. And, and right now you say, Pastor Jeff, you know what? I just want to turn back toward God. If that's you in the room, just raise your hand. Nobody's looking but me and I'm not going to embarrass you. All over the room, just raise your hand. Yes, 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 yes. You can put them right back down. I want to turn toward God. There's others of you in this room that you've not, you don't have a relationship with God. And you know that, listen, if this was your time to leave the world, that you would be far from God and you would be scared to death. Well, it's Christmas Eve and you don't have to do that because God is with you. You just have to turn toward him. And so right now, you see, Pastor Jeff, nobody's looking. I know but you and I will not embarrass you. I promise you. If you say, Jeff, I just want to turn toward God tonight. I want to give my life to Jesus. Would you just slip up your hand? All in the house, yes. And right back down. Right back down. I see your hands, yes, yes, yes. You can put your hand back down, yes. Let's pray, everybody. If you raised your hand, would you just say this prayer in your heart with me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. I want to do all that I can do to follow you. But, Lord, I'm weak, and I need your strength, and I need your help. Forgive me of my sins and come into my life and make me new. And, Lord, let me realize every day that you are with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net view.net and click the give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.